Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 235 of the Metal Geeks podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Kerry the Metal Geek, along with... I am Brutal Dave. Good evening. What? Welcome, sir. And we also have... Uh, Not-so-brutal George Tripsis. That's true. That is that your new nickname? You won't be not so brutal. He'll be gen- sure. gentle George. Gentle, <laughs> gentle George. I, I'm going Co- with that. C- coming at you live with gentle George. Oh, that worked gentle a little George too well. It's like a. You, you're not going to leave me for NPR now, are you? Uh, gentle George has no comment. Okay. Just don't talk about your sweaty balls right now. <laughs> Uh, well, so welcome back to uh, another episode, guys. It's been a little bit. We've all been busy. We've been uh, working and seeing a lot of metal shows and all that cool stuff. Um, so do you want to jump into that, Dave? Because we were at a show together. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, which show were we at together? <laughs> we were at the Moonspell show. Oh, yeah. God damn. See, I've been to a bunch of stuff. I forgot about that <laughs> you one. You have. You've been uh, parting it up without me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so what, with the two weekends ago, we saw the Moonspell tour here in Houston at Scout Bar. It was yeah. Moonspell. I got there early, so I saw part of Venture C, who I thought they were great. And then Elaine. Oh, actually, uh, Oceans of Slumber played next. And then Elaine and then Moonspell. And I Wait, really uh, Elaine from Spring uh, uh, from uh, Seinfeld? Seinfeld, yeah, Julie Lu- Julie Louise Dreyfus. Catch up, man. We've already made that joke before. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they're the lead singer. I think her name is like Madeline, so they go by Elaine or whatever. They're really good. They're like a they're a heavy, um, you know, symphonic power metal band, female fronted. They very much in the style of like Epica. They have really catchy stuff. But some of their stuff can get a little. Um, overpowering, overbearing in a way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of haze and throw your horns up in the air type of deal. A little too epic for you is what you're saying. Not enough epica. Little that too is what I'm saying. Sounds like the meta thing too much for you, I guess. Yeah. Is that it? I a didn't. Bit. I didn't really like. I I knew I knew the name, but I never listened to them really before the show and i thought they did a really good job their set was really no they good. sounded great live yeah they they had the audience in their hands man they had a lot of fans that were there to see them but uh i gotta admit man Moonspell blew everybody away that night they seem to do that i've seen them twice now and uh yep. last time i saw them i the the bill was even stronger than this one and yeah. I felt like they stole the show there too. I know you disagree with that assessment, right? Because that, and I'm sorry, anybody that tours as amorphous, they're going to be. Uh, but I, you know, I've seen Moonspell. This is probably like my fourth or fifth time. I saw him back in the day, and then I saw him at that um, Texas November to Dismember Metal Fest, which was like 19, 2000 maybe. So the last time I did see him, so it'd been a minute, been a minute a year. So the the tour was amorphous. 
And so, Dark yeah. Tranquility, is that who it was? It, that was a killer show. Yeah, it was in yeah. 2019. It was Omnium, Gatherum. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, Amorphous, Dark Tranquility, and Moonspell. And that is a strong, strong lineup. And if, yeah. you had, if you'd asked me to make my prediction beforehand, I wouldn't have guessed Moonspell would have been the strongest performance of that show. But once it, like, hands down, they were my favorite that night. I was definitely a little biased that evening, but that's okay. Um, but Moonspell on this new tour, it's like their anniversary tour, mm-hmm. and they're pulling all, they're pulling old stuff. I mean, they did opium and like stuff from like Wolfheart and stuff. And then uh, my one of my favorite albums from them ever is Extinct. They played like two or three songs off that album. And I actually bought that, uh, the autograph vinyl of that album. It's just like mm, they had mm-hmm. every single one of their albums on, on vinyl pretty much, all autographed. I'm like, man, I got to. It's like one of my favorite albums by them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they played um, I, I what I think is probably the first Moonspell song I ever heard, um, which was uh, In and Above Men. Oh, yeah. Um, it was either that one or there's another one off of The Antidote um, that they also played. That It's like I, The Antidote, I think, was the first Moonspell album that I ever mm-hmm. had or listened to. That was, what, so, 2003-ish? Something like, I guess. Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, so if you're a Moonspell fan and you have not checked them out on this tour, you're definitely missing out. I, um, Like I say on a lot of shows, I wish there was like one or two less bands so the headliner could play longer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of headliners and uh, going out of town for a show, I know you both did, or you did, Dave. I just got back from this past weekend. We'll get into who you saw I just got back from Dallas on this Sunday. Uh, Hammerfall and Halloween. That's awesome. Two of my favorite bands. Amazing fucking package. Um, Hammerfall played a good hour set. Mm-hmm. And which I... Here's what I'm going to say. The last time I saw ha- uh, Halloween in Chicago, it was Halloween only. And they played about a three hour set. I was missing that extra hour from the band. You know what I mean? It was, I was not ready for it to be over. It was fucking phenomenal. The stage, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, the factory at Deep Ellum. Um, it may have been named something else when I was there because I don't, okay. I don't, I don't remember that name. And like I said, nice. I used to, I used to like live down in Deep Ellum when I lived in, in Dallas. Oh, really? So, yeah, I was down nice there. Nice the big venue. It was like right across the. There was a but we we ate at this burger place, uh, Twisted Root Burger Company. Okay. Right beforehand, it, it was fucking good. Me, uh, I met up with Sean Metal Pigeon there. We met up with a, a good, uh, the guy who runs Lone Star Metal Magazine. He was there with his family. We hung out with them for a while. Um, but man, that that venue was great. Uh, it was huge. Uh, nice upstairs area. <laughs> Even I think Michael Kiske at one point made a joke, or Andy Darius made a joke that you could only there was lights uh, around the people who were sitting down upstairs. He's like, I can only see your legs. And everything <laughs> else was dark. <laughs> um, but man, they put on a fucking hell of a show. Hammerfall were great. I, I missed them the night before when they were headlining in Houston because we were basically getting ready to get out of town the next morning. And um, the the set list for both bands was was lacking in in a few ways but it was more than uh, it was very very good that's all I can say there was a couple songs from both bands I'm like oh they didn't get to play that you know 
but they did a 20 minute version of uh keeper of the seven keys with the audience participation and all that fun stuff left side of the room right side of the room all that all that cool stuff which is great when you have two vocalists doing it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and they had i they did that i think no i think it was i want out and they did that with, with their, their very last song of the evening but I can't think of any other band in any genre of any style of music that is currently touring and recording with all three of their vocalists ever in the band. Yeah, that's unusual. It's it's very strange. I mean, Kai Hansen still on guitar, but he comes out there and does some medley stuff. He's still singing with the band. At one point, he was out there without a guitar, just singing. I think I was during Save Us, but man... And then Kisuke and then Andy Dares. Michael Kisuke is a living fucking legend. One of my favorite vocalists of all time. And he sounds fucking amazing live. He really does. Sometimes you're like, oh, it's it's recorded. Nope. That guy can belt it out live. That's for sure. The, uh, the only complaint I want to make, and I'm not going to harp too much on this, is uh, we got the show was at seven fifteen, right? We got there like at six fifteen, an hour early. We we're like, okay, let's get in line to buy some merch. By the time we got in there, fifteen minutes after door opened, the merch line was two hours long. <laughs> there was one dude running the merch for Halloween, and they had this combo shirt that I, that was like both bands, right? Tour shirt. I wanted that shirt. Our friends stayed in line. We're like, okay. Get us each one of these shirts, uh, me and, and, and Sean, the Metal Pigeon, and we'll give you the cash. They waited in line two hours, and they're like, she got up there. She's like, yeah, I lent that one an extra large. He's like, oh, we are we don't have them right now. We're out. He's like, we have some probably on the bus, but we're not going to get to those until after the show. We're like, what the fuck, man? After the show, the line was two hours long again. I'm just like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I got one Halloween shirt, which is it was pretty cool, but very frustrating you know what i mean yeah it was not done well for a show that caliber and that size you need more than one fucking merch guy running the whole table for real for sure it's not like a a small local band touring you know what i mean Mm -hmm. no offense to any smaller time bands but when you have a band like halloween on tour first time in texas in almost 20 years 19 years you need one more than one fucking merch guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, you do. That's 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 poor planning. It really is. Uh, there is no way is part- I would. There's no band that I would wait for two hours in a merch line mm. to buy merchandise from. There, there have been. I, I've been to a number of shows where I've seen the merch line and just been like, yeah. "Oh, fuck it, nope, not doing it." Um, yeah, I and know. It was nowhere near two hours long. Like, I have a couple people I, I, I know going wait, up I won't to wait a different for theme shows. park rides for two hours. So <laughs> I know we made that joke. We're like, there better be a fucking cool roller coaster at the end of the line. There was not. It was just a, a stand with t-shirts to give you to take more of your money. There was a lot of cool merch for uh, Hammerfall, but to get to the Hammerfall, it was like to the right. You still had to wait in the fucking line. It wasn't like a oh, it was the line same for line? Hammerfall. Same line. Was and it the, the same the guy hammer- doing both? Uh, no, it was a girl okay. just sitting there, bored off her ass, because nobody was buying fucking Hammerfall merch. It was it was ridiculous. That's surprising. Like, yeah. Sounds like somebody needed to hop up and help on the Halloween side. Well, 
apparently she didn't have access to do that. That's understandable. I, I, I yeah. get that. I, I mean, I get that too, but... Um, but yeah, I, at the same time, it. though, what she could do... Sorry, I'm just, just off the top right. of my head. She could be grabbing orders while he's ringing. The yes, so, I totally agree. Like, what what do you want? Okay, here's the shirt that he wants. Bam, guy yeah. pays, he's done. The problem was people were waiting in line for fucking two hours, and then they got to the front, and they're like, uh... Oh, and then we got to stop one? and think about it. Can I see that one? It's like, fuck, dude. Man, I, I was watching to, it. I try to do that stuff before I even get in line. Right. I, like, I, before I even get in line, I look at the table, look at the booth, uh, the wall, and go, okay, I think that's the one that I want. If I... I'm not, that's annoying as hell. That's the... I stood in line at Starbucks and didn't think about what I wanted until I was at the register. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like going to Walmart and waiting in line and going, uh, oh yeah, what do I want to buy now? It doesn't, does not fucking work that way. I'm sorry. Um, what about you? What show did you see? Our show uh, did a, a couple, uh, a couple of out of town ones. Um, when one of them I'm super fucking jealous of, but, and thank you for the poster. Okay, I was wondering. Uh, yeah, I thought bigger that was probably well, the one. I'm actually you were jealous, jealous of both of them, actually. But um, so I it was uh, the Sherwood season ended, and then like two days later, um, uh, Insomnium and Enslaved were playing in Austin at Come and Take It Live. Um, isn't the, isn't that venue like really tiny? It's not very big. Um, well. It's not. It's laid out in such a way that it's not very big. Like, yeah. it's very weird because it's on like multiple levels. Like, there's a, like the bar is down here, and then there's like the show floor is here, but then there's more of it on like a me- like a tiny little mezzanine, and then yet another level. It's very oddly laid out, and like if it wasn't on all these different tiers, it wouldn't really feel as small as it felt. I think. Um, but then the, the decor of the place is like uh, grim frontier land. It's <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of odd. Um, but I saw, the, I saw some of the photos. I've seen that place. Yeah, I've never been there my, myself. But yeah, um, Black Anvil opened. I had not heard mm-hmm. them before. They're a black metal band from New York. I think they said they were the, like black and thrash type. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and. Uh, I hadn't heard them before. I enjoyed their set. I thought they were pretty good. Um, I have not gone back to check on them more, but I, I absolutely would. They put an album out last year that was actually quite good. Maybe I did listen to that. I think I, maybe I listened to some of it. Um, so then it was uh, Ins- Insomnium and Enslaved are co-headlining this tour. Uh, and so on this particular evening, um, Enslaved played last, so Insomnium played first and does, uh, does that mean they're co-headlining they played the same amount of time basically i think enslaved maybe played a little bit longer but only like okay. maybe a couple maybe a couple minutes it, it felt roughly the same um and uh yeah there were some uh some friends of mine uh who I, i've actually only ever interacted with them at shorewood they're regulars of mine who come see me a lot at shorewood but we'd never done anything outside of that. They were actually at the show, and so we got to hang out a bit. And they didn't know Insomnium. They were there for Enslaved. And oh, so wow. they were like, well, I guess you're here for Insomnium, too. Like, what are they about? And I'm like, top-shelf melodic death metal. You're in. Yep. <laughs> and, like, and so they loved their set when it was over. They're like, yeah, those guys were awesome. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what to say. Insomnium puts on a good show. Um, they, true professionals. Um, <laughs> You're right. Good stuff. Uh, Enslaved, same thing. I mean, both of these bands are veterans. Uh, Enslaved has been around since, what, over 30 years now, I guess? Yeah, I've only seen them once, which is so strange. I, I saw them opening up for uh, Demi Borgir at uh, House of Blues one time. Can't believe that's the only time I've ever seen them, but it's true. I saw them open for Amana Marth. Um, oh wow! And I think that's the only other time I saw them. Mm. Uh, but a uh, this, this one came with a funny story. Um, so during Enslaved set, in between songs, during they were doing the banter and kind of introducing different members of the band or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how when they tour in the U.S. Grootla Kelson collects state quarters. Um, right. And uh, that at this point, he, w- he was only missing three. And they said what the three of them were that he was still missing. And Is this on stage? Huh? They did this on stage? Yeah. This was okay. the, this was the in-between song banter. Um, I think they were, I think a roadie was doing something. Like they were, cool. oh, okay. I think they were killing a little bit of time. Gotcha. But, um, but yeah, they were... <laughs> They were talking about that he was missing three quarters, uh, and uh, the show carried on. And, and a couple of songs later, I thought, "Hey, you know what? I have change in my pocket. Wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if?" And I reached in my pocket, and sure enough, I have one of the three states that he was wow. looking for. Uh, it was Utah, and um, so after the As, show, of course it is. We uh, during the show, we were um, we were standing behind the like the light control booth. Yeah. Um, because we gave a pretty good line of sight for the stage. There wasn't going to be people like standing in front of us and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so when the the guy who was running the lights for Enslaved Show, after the, the show was over, he had already kind of... he Before their set ended, he'd already left the booth. But I saw him uh, rolling up cables and shit. And so I approached him and I was like, hey, are you are you with Enslaved? And he said, yes. And I said... I have one of the quarters that they're looking for. Uh, and he was like, okay, well, if you give it to me, I can hand it on. And I said, I'd really prefer to give it to him in person. And he said, well, I can't do that. I can't help you. So sorry. <laughs> he said, you can either wow. give it, to, you can either give it to me um, or, or not, but I can't do anything about it. Like, all right. Uh, he goes, if you want to try, uh, maybe you can go talk to the merch booth. And I think he was just trying to get rid of me because I like I was definitely yeah. getting the like would, like would you please leave me the fuck alone vibes I off this guy basically. Uh, and like I get it, but like I'm trying to be respectful and like not take up too much of his time. But he was still being like get the fuck away from me about the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, I I think he sent me to the merch booth just to get me away from him and didn't expect it to happen. But I went to the merch booth and I told the the lady running the merch. I said I have one of the quarters that Groot was looking for and I would prefer to give it to him in person if I can. And she was like, are you serious? Do you really? And I pulled out and showed it to her. I said, yep, right there. And she goes, all right. And she pulled her phone out and she called him. <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah, there's a fan down here who has one of the quarters. And I, th- I think he'd like to give it to you in person. And she listened for a minute and she goes, okay. And she hung up and she goes, he'll be down in about five minutes. <laughs> I was like, ah, cool. <laughs> so sure enough, about five minutes later, he, he came, um, came down and uh, he was, man, he was really chill. He, uh, he, 
I'd stepped well away from the merch booth, so I wasn't in the way while they were trying to have transactions yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So he was walking past me to go towards the merch booth, and I was like, hey, uh, I was like, can I get a picture with you? I'll pay you a quarter. <laughs> and uh, he was he was very cool. Uh, he took the quarter, and uh, he said that he's got the whole like fold-out book with him, and he's got the whole thing. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he was very, we talked for a few minutes. Uh, I mentioned that I'd seen him once before um, and uh, in Houston. And he was like, oh, that must have been with Amana Marth at like the House of Blue. Like he knew the show. Like he, <laughs> yeah, I guess, wow. I, I figure as many shows I guess as we, they do. Like, I guess, but, but I guess when you don't tour the stage that often, maybe it's, it's maybe memorable. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, but yeah, he remembered the show, and yeah, he was he was very cool. It was a funny story that that's how I met Grizzly Kelson was by having the right quarter in my pocket. Um, so the other, so this one, the next show I did, uh, this one was last week. Um, this one was I was more of a I'm tagging along sort of a show. Sure. Because uh, um, I don't follow any of the bands that were on this bill. Um, so it was Lutharo, Glory Hammer, and Ailstorm. I don't know uh, who Lutharo is, but I'm a a big Glory Hammer fan, and, and Ailstorm to a degree. Uh, I know the guy behind both those bands has his issues and all that kind of stuff with the way he's treated his band members and all that. But not going there. I don't know hardly anything about it. Um, I know very very little, um, but. Uh, uh, I'll say that I'll, about Lutharo, because um, I'd never heard of them before. Uh, they are a Canadian band, um, and I don't know how I would describe their style. Um, Lethargically? Not at all. They're they're pretty <laughs> high joking. high energy, and um, I don't know. They were they were good. Uh, I would check them out some more, and I would I would recommend people to check them out as well. They put on a good show. Um, I didn't see their whole set. I saw like maybe the last half of it, but they were they were good. Um, Glory Hammer came on, and uh, that was really that was a lot of fun. Um, they are I would imagine. like high concept power metal because uh, like everybody is a character in the band basically and they're all part of the overarching story that of the i guess the world that glory hammer songs take yep. place in and so yeah they're all different it's characters. like a high fantasy space mm-hmm. thing or something. yeah yeah um really good performances though like um everybody was uh nailing their parts now i i don't know the music so i i mean i don't have anything to compare it to but everything sounded awesome their singer is really fucking good He's a new um, singer too. I just got the promo for the new album. I listened to a little bit of it this morning, but Glory Hammer has a whole that that VR game that I do, the Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. There's a whole raid, a whole basically like a DLC that's nothing but Glory Hammer songs, and it's okay. Glory, it's glorious. Well, Glory Hammer is. I I don't know about the previous singer, but this guy was phenomenal. Um, he he sounded fucking great, 
and was hitting hitting some highs <laughs> that oh, yeah. I was like I would imagine I could like I don't know the music but I I do know music and I play music and so there are certain things that I could like predict were going to happen or whatever and there was there there was a line that he was like climbing and I'm like I can tell at the end of this line there's going to be like a high high pitch note I don't know if he can reach it because it sounds like he's already straining and that note I can tell is going to be way up here. He fucking nailed it. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> good for him. So, yeah, they, they did a really good show. Um, I uh, missed a little bit of Ailstorm's set, but I saw a, a pretty good chunk of it. And I came away, my opinion being that Ailstorm is an opening band. Um, they're they're fun, but they're not an hour and a half or two hours fun. <laughs> they're not an hour fun. They're they're not. <laughs> they're not. Like it's. I mean, it's pirate metal. It's it's, it's, it's pirate in al- it's alcohol metal. It really yeah. that seemed honestly that seemed like most of yeah, what it was. They're, it they're seemed like there metal. were there were some pirate songs in there, but it was mostly. Like songs about, about drinking booze. rum and grog and shit. Yeah, and there was like they had a whole song about having a hangover and like, yeah, it was it was a whole lot of drinking songs. They, and the last couple albums, I don't know every album, but the last couple of albums, there's always a deluxe version where they take every song on the album and have dogs barking to the music. <laughs> okay, as the um, vocals. Why? I don't. I don't know. But it's a thing. You can find it on Spotify. You can be like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah. I mean, the whole there. the whole thing is very, like, their whole act is very, um, I don't know. Uh, it's nonsensical? Not, it's, it is nonsense. Their, their stage, their, like, uh, <laughs> their stage decoration was three gigantic rubber duckies. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking huge rubber duckies inflated. That sounds there. about right. Uh, it was, um, like I said, they're fun. They're good at what they're doing, but it to me it wears its welcome out like fairly quick. And I mean, there were people who were clearly there that were all in for Ailstorm that were having a great time. More power to you. That's great. But for me, I'm like I could handle these guys for about 30, 40 minutes, and that would be fun, and that's enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not trying to be, like, super shitty on Ailstorm. I just, they're all right. I just don't find them that super engaging um, in the long term. But uh, one of the, I, I guess, interesting fact, if you don't know, that um, uh, the keyboardist for glory hammer is the front man for illstorm so like both bands are his bands um so sounds like cheating is what it sounds like to me <laughs> it sounds like a guy who's gonna be tired at the end of every night because he's playing two sets every night does um, it mean he get paid twice i guess maybe um that's it maybe he does but uh damn it you're cool uh but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe he does get paid twice every every night. Um, <laughs> so did you guys know I was gone? Yes, I just kept talking. So okay, so we're still recording on our ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right. Uh. All right. So get a little 
So that sounds like you had a lot of fun there, man. Lots of we've seen a lot of shows. That's it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I I also I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention the theater that that oh, show yeah. show was in too. Uh, it's a um, theater called the Aztec in downtown San Antonio. Phenomenal looking place. Um, we actually ended up because I'm interested in this stuff. We looked it up. Uh, the, it was built in the 1920s. Uh, it was originally a movie theater. And uh, this was apparently a fairly common thing in the 1920s for movie theaters to be built, like, really, really fancy, really, like, really decorated. Yeah. Um, And so this place is all done up, like, at an Aztec temple. There's, like, statues and um, all of the the kind of uh, Mesoamerican angles in the architecture and it was really amazing looking place and uh have you ever been to the paramount in austin no no oh oh never mind then it's the same kind of deal so it it reminded me uh when i went to la last november with my old friend uh and we went to a show there uh that was Mm -hmm. it was similar it was one of these built in the 1920s used to be a movie theater uh incredibly ornate place I think they still show movies there at the Aztec, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they'll have, like, uh, orchestra play and stuff like that. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I know that they have, like, a, a... While I was reading about them, it sounds like they have uh, an almost exclusive contract with Live Nation right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, the the building, I said, was built in the 1920s, and is it's been cleaned and refurbished, but more or less what it looks like now is what it looked like back then. We found old photographs of it from back in the day, and it basically looks now like it did back then. It's very cool, very cool-looking place. So. Awesome. Uh, what about you, uh, George? You haven't talked in a long time. Have you done anything recently? You gone to any uh, shows? Nothing as cool as what you guys have been doing. No, I haven't been to any shows. Uh, I went to the movies, and... Uh, I went to the comic book store, uh, but nothing exciting. What? So let's, let's let's take this time. Okay, let's actually before we I, we've both seen a few movies recently, but before we get there, I want to take a few moments and talk about our upcoming panel at Comic Palooza. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, th- if you're going to be at Comic Palooza this, which is next weekend Memorial Day weekend, in uh, Houston at the George R. Brown, we're going to be doing our. I'm going to look up the schedule. We're doing our podcast on Sunday. At uh, was it three o'clock? Is that correct? Uh, I was gonna ask you for the time because I don't, I didn't have it written down yet. Yep, two so. p.m. Okay. Two p.m. on Sunday, May twenty eighth, uh, the main podcast stage on the exhibit floor. Uh, we're be do- we're gonna be doing uh, a geek out trivia challenge. So if you're if you're at the show and uh, you have a trivia question that you think that can stump us. Bring it on. We're going to have some cool stuff to give away. Uh, I might have a few collectibles here and there. Um, I don't know. We haven't talked with these guys. Maybe they will throw something to give away into the mix. But Yeah, uh, I can I can throw some like artwork and shit in. Mm. That'd, be, that'd be great. So, description that we put out is join the Metal Geeks podcast team for a fun-filled trivia challenge-based panel as you get to stump the panelists. Get your toughest trivia questions ready for the host to answer, and who knows, the tables might get turned on to you. So, prepare thyself. 
Audience members who baffle the crew with their geek knowledge will then have a chance to answer trivia questions to win some geeky prizes. So, it's just a perfect place to show off your geek know-how. If you uh, and don't can feel us, intimidated either, because like we've yeah. done this before, and people absolutely stump us. Oh yeah, <laughs> so we're we're totally stumpable. We're, also, I'm not very smart, so you you'll be fine. That's not true. Um, but you know, not every one of us is a Star Trek fan. Not every one of us is a Star Wars nerd, and vice versa. So there might be something that you uh, that you know that we that we don't. It'll be fun to come over to the uh, podcast stage on the main floor Sunday at Comic Palooza. Try to win some free shit and, and stump stump us, basically. I'll uh, I'll have to bring the I'll have to finally break this out. We talked about it a long time ago, but it never did. It's been sitting on my desk waiting. Oh, this old ass. We're bringing Disney, that right. This old ass Disney trivia book. Was that uh, written by Dave Smith? Uh, yes, Kevin Neary and Dave uh. Smith. Wait, can yeah. we bring reference books to win? Is that what we're saying here? No, this is an actual like uh, like a trivia qu- like question book. It's got trivia oh, question- okay. questions in it, and uh, I will. Uh, I'm gonna actually uh, post phone up these. on it. I'm, I'm gonna post some of these to Carrie <laughs> at one point, and I'm going to expect his answers to be timed for the publication of this book. Because uh, I'm, <laughs> I know that well, some, of, you know some of the answers have changed over time. This was probably written so, in 1994 or something like that, right? Uh, I think so. Um, 92. Oh. 92. So all right, give me throw a couple out. Throw a couple at us. Let's see what's up. Uh, this is a we're gonna. One. This is our, our training for our, our live <laughs> panel. Oh man, we're gonna fail miserably. <laughs> oh, okay, this is a all right. I'm. Let's see. Um, here's a page of Rocketeer questions. Oh, God. Um, oh, I love the movie Rocketeer. I do, too. I love it. Uh, who plays the role of Cliff Secord, also known as the Rocketeer? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I don't think it's all oh, shit. I know, I know his face, but I don't know his name. I don't know his name either. I don't know. God damn it. I have the poster. Hold on. Is it on my poster? Yeah, no, you okay. should know this answer. The poster's on your wall right behind yeah, you. Man. Yeah, it's like right there somewhere. Uh, don't look at your phone. I see you. I'm I don't not, know the answer, so... Not looking at my phone for sure. I can see you looking at your phone. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Just because we're on audio podcast doesn't mean that we're not on video right now. We're not on video right now. <laughs> That's a lie. All right, can you pick okay. a non-Rocketeer question? Is it Billy Campbell? Uh, totally knew that. Yeah, Bill Campbell. Um, <laughs> William like, and Campbell. I like I can't really remember seeing him in anything except The Rocketeer. I'm sure. Oh, he's, he's I'm sure a, he has. He was in a. But. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was most uh, more. I remember him from like TV shows and stuff. He was like in the 4400. Uh, he was also in that uh, the Killing TV show. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I think he was in Star Trek, if I'm not mistaken. These are okay. I've, there's a I pulled pulled the random page. It's on New Orleans Square, but these are all easy. Uh, okay, maybe not that one. The mayor of what city traveled to Disneyland to help Walt Disney dedicate New Orleans Square? The mayor of New Orleans. Of course, of course it is. Why would it, why would it not be? Um. On what New Orleans Square attraction do you travel up a waterfall? 
would that be the Pirates of the Caribbean? It absolutely would. Yeah. Uh, what company sponsored the Progress Land show at the 1964 and 65 New York World's Fair, and what was the show named once it reached Disneyland? Ooh. Wasn't it? Was it not Monsanto? Uh, General Electric? Was it Monsanto? So, and I'm going to need an attraction name as well. Adventure Through Inner Space? George? I thought it was General Electric, so clearly I'm wrong. Oh, what, what is, but the attraction Progress. Name. Oh, Carousel of Progress. And it was, G, it was GE, wasn't it? So between the both of you, you're right. It was General Electric sponsored the Carousel of Progress. Yeah. Mm, I'm so right. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of New Orleans Square, have you guys seen the trailer for the Haunted Mansion movie yet? We were talking about that. Me and George were a little while ago. Uh, I yeah. am I am tentatively excited about it. Me too. Uh, the trailer. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, the trailer gave me. Uh, I. <laughs> The trailer made me excited about it. Like it, it clearly seems. <laughs> it, did, it did what a trailer should do. It did. It did. And it. it <laughs> I feel like this one is going to be way more in the spirit of the haunted mansion ride. Um, yeah. I was getting tons of um, fan service references that seemed to make sense. Unlike yeah. unlike the Eddie Murphy one, when it's like there were fan service things in there, but it was weird <laughs> and it has and, rosario dawson in it i'm sorry that's all it takes for me oh yeah oh and like it, ha- it has stanfield danny danny De- danny devito and like stanfield is the selling point for me like stanfield is a phenomenal actor he's so great uh if you've never watched uh him on atlanta some of his there was that one episode where he goes to that whole house and like donald glover plays like this old recluse singer almost like michael jackson it's really fucking creepy, but it's really well done. There's some weird yeah. episodes of that show. I, that's all I can say. Yep. Really weird. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It comes out in July. Uh, oh, I thought it came out in June. I, I guess I missed. I think it's July 28th, something like that. But yeah. Oh, I thought I must have misread it then. I mean, I I am that we can we can just spoil my geek tickle right now because that's what's tickling my geek. Oh yeah, is that that's the only thing you're excited about? That's it right now. That's it. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about the Haunted Mansion. Uh, did you uh, did you see the new trailer, Carrie? Yes, I did. Oh yeah, it, it's the trailer where the chair turns into a dune buggy, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen that trailer yet. Then. Oh, you haven't seen that? Oh, trailer. that one I've came out today the, or I've yesterday? Seen, yesterday. I, okay, no, I haven't seen that one then. It's like yeah, the full. Should. It's like the full two minute trailer. Yeah, it actually kind of tells you a little bit of what the story is going to be like, which is makes me more excited. Than I, I I love the shot, was. the the scene at the end where they go to the uh, police station. They're trying to they're, <laughs> they're trying you, to do a description, a description, a sketch for the sketch artist of, of one of the ghosts or one of the guys or whatever. And it's yeah. like the old school like ghoul looking haunted mansion, the recognizable ghoul. You know, with like the, the frizzy hair and shit. Oh, okay. I, like it looks. I thought it was uh, the the headless ghost. Is it's who a hat, drew. Well, it's a version of the hatbox ghost, the original one. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, concept art. Man, I, I I think I've showed you pictures before, Carrie. Maybe, but uh, I, when I was at Disney a few years ago, and they had tons of the concept art. Um, yeah. From. Uh, the Honda Mansion before it was the Honda Mansion back. Uh, the secrets are something of the weird. Yeah, the, of, yeah. But, well, I the, mean, all it, the, 
it covered both. It covered that. Oh. Yeah, that stuff and the haunted mansion stuff, and so it had all these old like Rolly Crump sketches and all of right. Other, I was like, about to say all that old Rolly Crump stuff. God, I have it those, was I so have, great. It would have great. I have the I, one of my prized possessions now is from D twenty three. I got this uh, Rolly Crump book, and I got him to autograph it, and it was uh, some of his artwork from that, and then like the the stuff he did for like um, it's a small world and all this cool stuff. Really cool book. I'll have to I'll let you flip through it one time when you come over. It's really cool. Okay. Just one time, though. Just That's one it. time. That's all I get. Putting a five-minute limit on that. Um, <laughs> speaking of, let's go back to... I saw one movie recently, which I was really hoping was going to be good, and it really did surpass what I wanted it to be, and that was Renfield. Oh, yeah? I really I've been hearing liked, good things about it. I really like that movie. It's really fucking bloody. Oh my god, more bloody than you would even imagine. It's like over the top gore, um, but like just blood splattering everywhere, like coming out. It's like a gore show, basically. Like way too much blood for one human to have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Nicolas Cage is perfection. It's just perfect casting. It's fucking Dracula. And there's like, I can't where, like, imagine Renfield. how that's possibly true, but <laughs> it's so true. Um, I mean, you remember his favorite movie is the Castle of Caligari, yes. so yeah, he, it makes sense. He's chewing up the scenery in this movie for sure. But uh, I, everybody, I, I mean, some of the story plots were sort of like, eh, okay, I get it, what they're doing, but um, Ben Schwartz was great in it. Everybody was just great in this movie i really i i I can't what is the i can't remember the name of the actor that's playing renfield but i i like him a lot i think uh nicholas holt yeah nicholas there you go he was uh and aquafina's in it too yeah i don't i don't i like her i think she's actually pretty funny she has good she has some good stuff um yeah nicholas holt was beast in the the last x-men movies and Mm -hmm. he was uh your the great he was one of the yeah like your your lead war boy in um uh, Fury Road as well. Oh, yep. yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. I Did you see uh, Renfield yet, George? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, I think you would really like it. It's, uh, it. It was what I wanted it to be. That's all you can expect from a movie sometimes. You're like, all right, I want it to be bloody, I want it to be funny, and I want it to be Nicolas Cage being over the fucking top is uh, Dracula, and that's what you get. <laughs> there's a there's some really cool shots where they um uh they first have Renfield showing up to like Dracula's castle and stuff like that and it's shot in old school 1920s like black and white with like the film grain on it it's so cool looking everything about that movie was really cool and then modern time you're like all right cool I'm excited to check it out but uh it's like twenty dollars a rent so I'm gonna wait till it's cheaper. Or until it's avail- till available on streaming. One or the gotcha. Other. That's fine. So um, talking about bloody and stuff, <laughs> a quick aside, we uh, I did a, a rewatch uh, of uh, WandaVision because my younger daughter wanted to watch it because she's a huge Miss um, Marvel fan. Uh, oh, nice. And, and Well, she's a big Captain Marvel fan. Now she's a Miss Marvel fan because she watched that series. But um, I had... She's really excited about the Marvels movie coming out later this year. Yeah, that trailer and is awesome. By the I way, I haven't watched it I, yet. I, I, that movie looks. Uh, 
She Great. just I showed her the poster when they dropped again? the poster weeks ago, and she was like super mm-hmm. excited about it. And she was like, "Well, who is this other character?" And I'm like, "You need to watch WandaVision because uh, you like you know who this character is. You just don't know you know who this character is." And um, so um, she was like, "Okay, well then I want to watch WandaVision." So we did a rewatch of WandaVision, and she enjoyed it. Um, and then we watched um, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. To follow that up, uh, because she had seen that movie before, but I had forgotten that she hadn't seen Wandavision, and a lot of mm. that movie doesn't make any sense <laughs> unless if you've seen Wandavision. So we rewatched that, and as we were watching it, like me and my wife are are laughing through it about how Sam Raimi the movie is. Like, oh yeah, it's totally like, fucking Sam Raimi. In, like it, only at certain parts, but yeah, it's the parts of it that are though are like so Sam Raimi, and we were yes. we were laughing about it. And so afterwards, we showed we showed the kids Army of Darkness. Um, <laughs> you didn't show Evil Dead too. I thought about it. Um, we maybe we'll get there. Not gonna do the first I mean, one. I mean, how old, how old is your youngest? I forgot. Eleven. Eleven. Oh, she's old enough to watch Evil Dead too. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Have I mean, we did. Of? We did take them to see Violent Night, and she loved right. it. So, speaking anyway. of uh, Evil Dead, have you, either of you seen the new Evil Dead Rise movie yet? I haven't yet. I hear Me nothing either. but good things about it. I'm going to try it. to watch. I'm going to try to watch it this weekend coming up. What did you think, I, George? Uh, it was a disappointment for me. Yeah, never mind. Well, there no, goes there goes the perfect record of good things that I've heard about it. Thanks, George. I know, right? <laughs> Way to run it, man. I mean, I can give you my two cents without spoiling anything. Sure, I, please. Uh, I I think it's a fun time, and I think uh, people who uh, enjoy the last Evil Dead remake, the Fetty Alvarez remake, will yeah. really really enjoy this one. I like that. Uh, for me, I just I wanted something more and something new and. Uh, they didn't do that, and they just decided to take a new location with a like an, with a family as opposed to an individual. And uh, I know the mom gets possessed, right? Yeah, from the trailer. I mean, that, all that's in the trailer. So, but uh, what am but I? It, it's just all lower, low common denominator yeah. stuff. Like everything you expect to happen happens, and it's just okay. One of my uh, weird fears that I have is on like on cooking shows and things like that when they use those. Uh, like a the grater, like where they sli- the slicer and like a cheese grater and shit like that. Yeah, I that freaks me out. And I know from the commercial, there's a scene where there's a cheese grater involved, and I'm like, I'm nervous about that. Everyone talks about that cheese grater scene. I don't think it was all that bad. Okay, I, I'll, I'll just close I my mean, eyes for that one. I mean, it was. I mean, it was like the the goriest part of the movie, but I didn't think it was all that bad. So the movie really try the movie tries really hard to like like ooh we're bloody but I was like okay you're trying way too hard to be re- referencing other movies and you're not doing anything original or fun or weird and I I, I lost interest really quick. Uh, you don't have to say what, um, but this is going to help determine when I see this movie and how I see <laughs> this movie. <laughs> okay. uh, does anything happen to the little girl in the movie? Like, uh, So you want me to spoil that? No, we don't. I don't... You don't have to say what happened, but does... does, does is she maimed or <laughs> killed or uh, any, does anything horrible happen to her? You can just say yes or no. Um... 
I mean, she's definitely emotionally scarred for life. Okay, I'm not saying there's stuff around her. Does stuff happen <laughs> to her? Physically? Yeah. Eh, some stuff, but nothing that she she can't live throughout. Okay. All right. That that helps because uh, my my regular horror movie watching partner um, has an issue with depictions of things happening to children. So, um, I will say this: the movie does not pull its punches on it on uh, on its characters. Okay. Okay. That's good to hear, right? Yeah, I guess so. But like I said, it's all super low low hanging fruit. Like you see it coming before it happens. What like about, they do a they do a really good job of setting it all up. You know, like oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to. It. I know um, Bruce Campbell is involved, so I'll, I'll uh, at least it has that going for it. Him you know and Ram, him and Ramy both are credited as producers on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they own the rights to Evil Dead. Right. So any anything Evil Dead gets created, yeah. they get a producer credit. Uh, did you go to the movies recently to see anything, George? I did. I saw the new Guardians movie. That I did was too. The, the latest movie I saw. Uh, spoiler alert: If you have issues with animal cruelty, there's some weird parts in this movie. We talked about this already, Dave, a little bit. Yeah, this is what has given me pause. Why it, I haven't seen it yet? Not for me personally, but again for my daughter. Who, you know, a lot of people have been saying that, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't find it that. You have. You're just cold hearted. You have no heart. I guess, but I didn't find it that extreme. Like it's PG thirteen. I'm not worried about it for myself so much, but my young one, the, the same one who laughs hysterically at violent horror movies and stuff like that, is <laughs> at at the same time is also very sensitive about animals. And sure, uh, no, no, I totally get that. There is a couple. There's a couple of scenes where like you don't see an actual act. You don't happen to right, but, it, but you you see the happen. you see the after effects of that's like enough. animal cruelty. That's, that's enough, yeah. though. So, um, but I mean, as far as a Marvel movie, uh, I think it's it's my second favorite Guardians movie. It's better than two, that's for sure. It's definitely better than two, not better than one. No, it's but it's definitely the best Marvel movie since uh, Endgame. Really, hmm. maybe. I'd have it to has, look at a list, but uh, it is pretty good. It's well, it what other movie, movie has come out after Endgame? Um, I don't know. Quantumania, the new Thor movie. No, that was all terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, Black I thought, Panther. I, I thought Quantum- that was also terrible. I thought they were all fine for what they were. Uh, so my two bits on Guardians is that the story is whatever. The movie is really shaggy, and the it doesn't really care about its plot. What it really does care about is landing its messaging and and giving their characters a good farewell. Yes, that's that's all the movie really cares about. And the guy playing the high, I, the guy playing the high evolutionary. I can't think of his name now, but he was from Peacemaker. He is phenomenal in this movie. I never thought I would be in a movie theater watching the High Evolutionary on screen. I grew up on that that whole storyline stuff from the late nineties, eighties or late eighties, early nineties. Man, I I'm I can't get over how great how cool it was to see him on on screen and uh, the. I think the Guardians is really one of the best superhero team movies they've ever put out. You know, 
You saying this one was the uh, best? Well, any of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like the first one. First one was great. Well, uh, okay. Uh, what do you think? Justice League is better. Com- I mean, superhero team movies. I would say Avengers One is still the best team superhero okay. movie. Avengers ever. is good. I'll give you that. That's all I'll give you. That one's okay. that one's gonna be hard to top. <laughs> that one. It is. And part of that was the time of it and um it's just so goddamn rewatchable even yeah how how trouble it is uh anyway i I really enjoyed guardians i I thought it was a a great movie i think marvel really got a winner uh and i wish they would take this lesson and not stand in the way stand in their way of the director that was was, that's the issue They're losing James Gunn, so it's all downhill from here, baby. Well, I, I I disagree. Like they have the opportunity to do good stuff. I think Peyton Reed, the he- headliner of Ant Man, yeah. I thought he did a great <clears throat> job with Ant Man One, but then they started like getting in his way and telling him how to do his job, and I just got I, really I agree. bad from there. I, there was elements of of, of Ant Man One in Quantumania, but you can definitely feel the heavy handedness of the movie studio of Marvel going, Hey, we need to do this and this and this and this so we can set up stuff for the future. Yeah, and, just- and like I understand the need to do that when you're dealing with so many different properties and they're all interconnected and it's all gotta be, you know, branded appropriately and appropriate for the brand and on and on and I get that that's gotta be a complicated mess to handle. Uh, Absolutely. but the best times of any of these movies are when you can tell the creator is doing what they want to do with the movie. Mm. Those are always the best parts of the movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, my favorite part of Guardians 3 is definitely the most James Gunny part of the movie. And it's when uh, they're trying to break into this uh, fleshy planet. Okay. <laughs> like the planet's <laughs> made of flesh. Oh, yes. I got you. Yeah, it's a, it's a bio-organic planet, uh, yeah. planet, and it's all very fleshy, human-y looking. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen on camera yeah. or on film. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight up with you. It has some of the best cameos. And it some does? Of the best, it's, I, for me, it's probably the standout moment of the movie. Uh, and I think every character in the movie, with the exception of Rocket, because he's, he's pretty much like you know, iced throughout the whole movie. Or, uh, is that the right word? Iced? No, fridged is the word. Fridged. Fridged. Yeah, he's fridged throughout the whole movie for the most part. You just kind of see him in flashbacks. Um, anyway, it, it is the most James Gunny parts because you got like this high intense, ridiculous action that's undercut with like dark humor. And, uh, yeah, it's the best standout part of the movie for me. I agree on that. That was really cool. I want to see it again, actually, but we had a not great movie-going experience when we saw it. Like, the girl next to me could not get off fucking TikTok for, like, the whole movie. We're like, like we would, I, I would say something. I'm like, okay, put it away now. And she would, oh, put her phone back in her pocket. And then, like, literally five minutes later, he slowly came out. <laughs> she's watching TikTok, but with no audio. I'm like, what are you doing? Why? Watch the she's, fucking movie. She's clearly bored. The Guardians were doing it for her. two younger girls next to my wife. Uh, they're maybe, you know, teenagers. 
And man, they were overreacting to everything. Like every time an animal would show up, they would go, oh, or <laughs> something would happen. They'd be like, oh, I'm like, it, I, I think at one point when something really bad or supposed to be sad happened in the movie, Kim laughed just to say, how does that feel? <laughs> it was pretty funny, actually. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see it again without that bad movie going experience. You know, you never know where you're going to get it. it sucks. Um, also, Adam Warlock's in the movie. But yes. For no, yep, for no fucking reason. Like, he's a, he's a huge afterthought throughout the whole movie. I don't movie. think so. No, he is. He's a huge afterthought. He was he created ad- by the High Evolutionary. There's a whole storyline with that, but definitely different than the comic books of, of, of his creation. No, no, I, I get it. They're trying to tie one over from uh, uh, Volume 2. They're yeah. trying to make sure they tie that plot line that they left hanging from Volume 2. Well, yeah, the after credit scene in <laughs> yeah, Volume 2. And, and I was like, I, I think the movie would have been way much better, so much better, if he would, or less... I don't know. It just felt a lot of the movie, they're like doing like these stupid like balancing act of trying to fit people's storylines in it, and well, they're just like they cramming. They're cramming way too much, and Adam Warlock was one of those things that just didn't fit ever. Well, they were also trying to set up for a new team, a new Guardians team. Do which that they in the did. next movie. They Do that in the a, next movie. I, well, all right, we can move on. Uh, has anybody been playing any video games recently? Because I've been playing one on my phone for for way too much. That, that's about <laughs> I am, uh, for me. It, that damn Mighty Doom game, man. We talked about it last month on yep. the show. You still playing? Uh, I was wondering I was wondering yesterday if you were still playing. I, I think I just hit like level 47 or something like that today. That's adorable. Wow. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that's <what> <laughs> What, where are you at? Like a thousand? Dave? I'm, I'm maxed at? out. I'm at level seventy, which is the highest it'll go oh. right now. Yeah, I'm at forty. But they just nice. they just raised the level cap. It was the level cap was sixty like two weeks ago. So, uh, but yeah, you're gonna I'm, hit I'm, that. You're gonna keep on hitting that level cap for sure. I am because even when you hit the level cap, you continue to earn experience points. Yeah. So when they raised it from sixty, I as soon as I logged into the game, I immediately went up like four levels. Oh wow. So, <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll give it that. Uh, the game was a blast, a lot of fun to play. Um, I have been playing one console game a little bit. I've maybe played two-ish hours, and that's uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah? That game, it's... I really, really enjoyed the first uh, Star Wars Jedi. I can't even think of the name of the game now. But it's Fallen, fallen, fallen order. order. Thank you. Uh, this is definitely more of the same. Uh, it looks fantastic, but I've already been lost a few times, and I'm like, ah, you know. Yeah, that's how the other game was. Like, yeah. it's the other game does you no favors when it comes to like navigating the map easily. Right. It, it doesn't. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a fun game to get lost in for sure. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. It's it's very it's still very difficult. Um, it's you know Souls style combat, but in Star Wars. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm gonna definitely play it to completion. It's one of the games I'm looking forward to, to doing that. I'm replaying Fallen Order on on my PlayStation right now. So when I'm done with that, then I'll pick up uh, Survivor. You haven't you haven't bought it yet? No, I have not. Yeah, it'll be cheaper sometime soon. Yeah, we'll see. Very cool. Have you been playing anything else? That's about it for me. 
I, I'm clearly not up in the levels of uh, Mighty uh, Doom as you guys are. Oh, what are you, level 13? No, I think I'm like 12 or something oh, like that. Oh, man. Catch up, man. Nah, I don't play enough is the problem. What? I have to use I have to use my fingers for work to type on my keyboard. So it the... is it's very grindy. Yeah, um, it is. You have to do there's a lot of replaying levels over and over and over and over again to Oh yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. Um, I think I'm on like Earth 2 or something. Okay. That's like the start level, I think, right? Yeah. Third world something like that. So like for me, even though I'm maxed out level-wise, um I still don't have. Uh, I maxed out on my level. I all of the like mastery upgrades that you can do. I've maxed out on those. Um, I still have some equipment that I that I can still upgrade some more. But it's not strong enough to get me through the later levels. I'm on. Uh, I'm to the last two levels that are available right now, and I can't do it. Um, so I have to continue to grind to uh, yeah. improve improve my gear. Um, so. Have you? I've never spent any money in the game. Which no, no, I, I, I'm not I going. Don't. I don't plan to. If I play they, enough they, of they it, try I, to. I they don't really. They're, they're not super pushy about it. But I mean, they make it very apparent that hey, this is an option. and It's here. But most games that offer that kind of stuff do right. too. I don't feel like it's egregious and pushy. Um, and because I feel that way. And because I like the game, and you know it's Doom or whatever, I might throw them a couple of bucks, which I don't hardly mm-hmm. ever do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I've been thinking about it. Um, I'm I'm trying to save up to get that like multi pack of ten uh, yellow chests. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. So I'm trying to decide if I throw a couple bucks at it to get the resources to do it. But I'm I'm almost there. I can do it without it. So <laughs> just because it can take a little while. This is motivation. Motivation. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I, it's it's fun. Um, I, I, if, yes. if the grindy thing bugs you, like it will get old. Um, but on the other hand, like you can you play four rounds in a row and then you got to sit out for a while. So it like you know, yeah, I get it makes that too. you it makes you take breaks. And that I think that kind of diminishes the slog feeling of the grind. Yep. So you have to wait for your power to refresh and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other movies you wanted to discuss, George? Uh, more shows than movies. There's a couple of shows that I've been watching that are I think are pretty great, and I don't know if people are watching it or if you guys are watching it. So I thought I would bring it up. Sure. There's a uh, the Muppets Mayhem show. Oh, is okay. that out now? Yes, I watched the first episode and I fucking loved it. I am I've, this weekend. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest. Hopefully, I I think I'm on like episode seven or eight yeah it's uh way better than it has any right to be it's so great uh i don't love the human characters i think the human characters i can take i'm not a i'm not a fan of uh lily singh like the main the main girl i did not like her talk show i thought she was annoying but i don't have no idea i have no idea who she is she used to have a late she had a late late night talk show for a while oh is that right yeah yeah Um, i never i never heard of her yeah, I mean it's such a such a good show. It's what you want a Muppet show to be. Yeah, it's really meta. They the show actually plays decent music. There's I mean, cause, so many cameos too. Yeah, well, great cameos. Uh, you know, Doctor Teeth and uh, the Electric Mayhem. I, I was they were never my favorite Muppets, but man, the show is quickly changing my mind. 
I with, I am with the I'm exception of Animal. Perplexed that the greatest band name of all time was taken by puppets. So <laughs> that is the coolest band name ever. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I don't know. Like I said, the human the human characters and their drama is like the least interesting part. But anytime that the puppets are on screen, it's fun. And it's worth watching. Yeah. If you love the Muppets, if you love music, it's just like the perfect synergy of the two. I Just uh, in the, the first episode where uh, Billy Corgan does a cameo. Oh, my God. That was so fucking funny. He's trying to move the couch and shit. And they're like, they're, we want to. What is he? And he's like, I'm going to smash your pumpkin, Billy. Yeah, it was, was like it oh was great. And also, I was like, like, man, Billy Corgan's really not looking great. Do you know? Do you know there's older a, he gets? There's a new Smashing Pumpkins album out. No, no, I didn't. It's real goddamn long. <laughs> it's thirty. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it was real long. Long. good. Oh, shit. how many? Thirty-three tracks long. What? Yeah, making up for lost time, I guess. I guess like that. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I'm wow. That's daunting. And <laughs> if they're so, if they're not if all the songs are a minute long, I'm okay with that. They're not a minute long. It's not like municipal waste or anything. No. <laughs> uh, what's it's, the other? It's just all one note. <laughs> <laughs> it's you suffer over over and over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, what's the other show you're talking about? Uh, there's this new uh, sci-fi show on Apple TV Plus. I, I they did it again, man. Apple TV Plus knows what they're doing when it comes to uh, sci-fi TV. They do, right? Uh, this is a new show called Silo, and it's just phenomenal. I've seen the the uh, the advertising for it. I have not clicked on it yet. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, she's oh. not in the first episode, but she's uh, the producer of the show, and she's like the main character after the first episode. Okay. Uh, but she's great in it. The other characters are great in it. Uh, there's other actors that I recognize, but I can't remember their names right now because I have a terrible brain. Um. But yeah, it's a great show. What is, uh, what's the premise? Just like elevator pitch. Uh, quick, the quick. I don't really want to spoil too much because uh, I don't feel like the trailer gives a lot away. So I don't want to give okay. too much away. I, I, I feel you. Uh, but the the quick pitch is that uh, apocalypse or nuclear bombs have gone off, and these people have lived in this silo that was made to withstand. Uh, the, the basically a nuclear apocalypse and they've been living there for over 200 years and nobody goes outside and they're starting to there's this bit of unrest building slowly in the uh hmm. the uh, silo where if you ask to go outside you are forced to go outside and uh everyone can see you on camera if you live or die or not and wow. uh okay it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of like uh, drama intrigue going on, you know, uh, a lot of like uh, conspiracy mystery stuff, and then just the the world itself and the environment. Uh, I know Apple has money, and it fucking shows. Yeah. In in the show, all their like, shows have been really good. Yeah, like, maybe besides the M Night Shyamalan one, but. Ah, that's fine. I didn't like, watch that, it, but that, that was a servant was like a you know a vibe show. It's either you vibed with it or you didn't. Have you been watching uh, Ted Lasso this season? Oh yeah, I watch it every week. Okay, I'm, I don't think I'm caught up from last week, but the uh, the the girlfriend now from she was the the president on the uh, space show. I can't think of the name of the show now. 
I'm having it. Well, this is like brain fart geekery tonight. For some reason, we're all like forgetting shit. <laughs> President of what show? On that space show that's on um, on Apple Plus. For all mankind, thank you. The voice, the voice from the other room. Oh, she's she's not the president. She's like the financial backer. Yes, she is in for all mankind. Right, right, right. But she's the president for all mankind in current in the current seasons. I thought she was a senator. I didn't realize I she, she was, was president. president. Yeah. Oh yeah, she does become president. You're absolutely yeah. right. I forgot about that. Um, anyway, yeah, that, she's in she's in Ted Lasso. That and the show uh, with Chris O'Dowd. I, I watched the first episode of that. I was liking that. Yeah, that show gets it's a slow burn, but it's yeah. a good show. Uh, I'm only two episodes into that show, but I've heard good things. It's Our, called the Big Door Prize. The Big Door Prize. That's right. Have you caught up on? Actually, one of those guys in that show, Josh Segura, is going to be a comic palooza. Oh, cool! Yeah, from Scream, and he was—he's also in—he was in She-Hulk. Um, I have. Have you caught up on 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 Barry? No, I've I haven't watched the last two seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm behind on that. So no, that's one of I the shows. Wanna... Yeah, is he wanna... is he in Barry as well? Who? No, no, no. I'm just asking if you're caught up on. It. I'm caught up on it now. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, catch up on that, dude. We're, there's some things to uh, unpack and discuss. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Silo, the Muppets. Oh, uh, there's a show on Peacock that you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I don't think there's an in-between mm-hmm. on this show. It's called Mrs. Davis. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Damon Lindelof's new show. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah. Well, he's a, like a co-executive producer along with the somebody from big bang theory is it a comedy it's everything oh okay that's the best i can explain it uh quick pitch is that there's this lady who's a nun who gets a holy task uh by a ai who has socially taken over the world to find the holy grail and if she agrees to find the Holy Grail, uh, the AI will kill itself and release the people from the from its grasp, basically. Not what I got from the from the preview, dude. Uh, even even if I I told you that premise, if you were to watch the first episode, you wouldn't believe me. That's what the show is about. Okay, it's on Peacock. <laughs> you said or Paramount? it is on it's on Peacock. Peacock. Uh, I it's a great show. I think it's one of those shows you have to give it like a few episodes to see if it is really for you. Sure. And if you're not jiving and gelling with it by like the third or fourth episode, then duck out because it's probably not for you. But it is a silly crazy show that has literally everything in it everything everywhere all at once right yes all right but but in a zanier tv budget version of that Hmm. you you say zany like how do you mean like like 60s weird zany sitcom is so the movie jumps around a lot it will go in the movie past. Or it's a tv series right it's a tv series but okay. i i view i watched five episodes in uh, one go oh, and, wow. and then i started watching it weekly after that uh it, it's it, i say zany because it's just it's the stuff that's ridiculous like there's this like a uh, syndicate of dudes who are like the rebellion against the ai who um 
You, did you ever watch Silicon Valley? Yeah. Or Sil- oh, yeah. Silicon Valley? You remember yeah. the the crazy guy who like always has his shirt open? Uh, and he was like gonna be the investor, but he was. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crazy. He ends up. He's like the voice of Mickey Mouse now. I forget his name. The Greek guy. The yeah, uh, Mistop. I know who you're talking Dim- about. Like Dim- Dimitri Dimopoulos, Dimopoulos. I don't know how to say his name. And I'm hey, Greek, you're Greek. You should know how to yeah, say a Greek. I don't name. remember his name. If I could see it, I, I would. I would be able to read it. But uh, I thought Brett Brett Ewan was a, the the voice of Mickey Mouse. Well, he's the voice of a Mickey Mouse on the animated show. As far as I know. But anyway. Uh, Chris Diamantopoulos. Yeah. Chris Diamantopoulos. Anyway, he's in a group of people. He always has his, like, a shirt open, so he's, like, bare-chested all the time. And he's, like, playing way over the top. And they have, like, these burner cell phones. And every time they use a cell phone, they, like, they don't hang it up. They break it and they throw it to the side. And <laughs> they make it into, a like, a habit to show it on screen. And uh, everyone goes, like, do you just have, like, endless amount of burner phones? What, why do you keep doing that? And uh, I don't know. It's just one of those funny things that happens in the show. Um and um, I don't know. I, I think it's great. And if you guys uh, want a weird zany show about AI trying to take over the world while having you know a nun save the world, and then Carrie's gone, Uh-oh. slowly coming back. Happened again. Happened again. And it happened again. Mrs. Davis heard me talking about her took that carry out i just pulled up a picture of chris diamantopoulos and yeah i'm like oh that's this guy <laughs> oh because i recognize him and like i didn't realize he was uh like i know that the name and associate it with mickey mouse but like i yes. never yeah. put i never put a, a face with the name all right, guys. Well, it's, uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties on, on this episode in the back in <laughs> behind the scenes here. So let's. Uh, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up pretty soon. Um, George. Yes. George hates metal. Are you gonna flip it around on us this time? Is that what you said? I'm gonna be like George doesn't hate metal. How about you guys? That's the whole title. <laughs> okay, non-brutal Dave. <laughs> Get, hit us with what you got. What what are we working with here? Uh, so I came across a band uh, through one of the many playlists and uh, you know things you would like on my Spotify list, and this band came up. I really dig it. It has like a low budget, uh, like unproduced uh, ghost sound to it. Unproduced or like lo-fi type like, of retro yeah, like, proto well, you metal? Can, yeah, if you listen to it, you can tell like it's not a very well-produced song. So what, like, what's the name of the band? The name of the band is called Shadows. and uh, It's not the, the guy from uh, Avenged Sevenfold, is it? I don't think so. And what's the track? And the song I let you guys listen to, I believe, was Maniac. And... Not a cover of the Maniac song, is it? No, as far as I know, it's not. Um, they don't have a lot of listeners on Spotify, but hopefully, this will change the tide. And if we see a bump <laughs> in their, if we see a bump in their numbers, you at know least why. it's going to be two of us at least. At least two listeners, two more listeners. So, 
upon my first listen to it, it reminds me of Anvil. I can see that. I mean, at least the first notes give you that. Yeah, for sure. it does. But as the song goes on and like the lyrics come in and the chorus starts, it really has like like that ghost old vintage uh, rock, but thrashy metal yeah. feel to it. I wasn't it, getting the ghost connection at first, uh, and like I didn't listen real closely because we were also talking through it as well. But I, I wasn't quite getting it until the vocals started, and I'm like, oh, right, right. this is where his, this is where the comparison's coming from. Yeah, his vocals are very much like Tobias. Like, like way back to bias, like Opus Eponymous yep. era, yeah. So anyway, I could definitely hear the 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 ghost influences you're talking about. At least that's that's the feelings I got when I listened to it, and then I like looked into the more of their songs, and I think like, maybe I think maybe because I listened to a lot more of this like retro and throwback metal yeah. that like ghost. Kind of came out of all of that, but I listened to a lot of it, and maybe that's why it didn't sound as distinctly ghost-like to me. It's very possible. So. Ghost have a new uh, or an EP coming out this week, and they covered Iron Maiden. I heard it. I posted it in the Metal Geek Society group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get a chance to listen to that? I don't know. Yeah, I listened to it when it dropped. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. It's very ghost-like. I mean. They do a decent job of, of being Iron Maiden, but of of well of covering Iron Maiden, but it's this it Not loses Iron something Maiden. in the in it, it loses something. Uh so a couple of things, I guess. Um number one, like this isn't really an Iron Maiden song that I'm crazy about. Um No really. Yeah, not really. Um it's, it's, it's very it's like early album yeah, Iron Maiden. Right. Paul Diano. This was a Paul Diano song. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's it's not one that I'm like super crazy about. Is and it the Jesus Who Knows Me or no? no that's a Genesis opera. Jesus He Knows Me is a Genesis song. Yep. Um, but uh, that actually I liked that one better. Um, but I I I don't love the cover, and I don't know that it's really like so much that I dislike Ghost doing it as much as I'm just not thrilled by the song. Maybe. Mm. So. With a different song, maybe you'd be more enthralled. Yeah, maybe, but is, I, their their cover like they've always do these these uh, like cover EPs, and they they've yeah. done a bunch of cover stuff in the past. And some of it's very good, but it, it's always going to be hit or miss. Um, I don't love all of the covers that they do, but some of them I are fantastic. Um, have like you, okay, so yeah, go ahead. I didn't care for their Inner Sandman cover. Like everyone went <laughs> ape shit for that, and I'm like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> fucking it, well, that's because it's Inner Sandman. I mean, yeah. come on. Who's who? Who's not fucking tired of that damned song? Apparently, everybody. I bet you. I bet you, Metallica is. <laughs> They've been playing it the longest. I no, imagine like, they uh, are very tired like, of this it. fucking thing again. But it bought how many houses did it, that song buy them? You know what I mean. All of the houses. Um, all of them. Uh, Dave question for you have you uh you have any new album that you've been jamming out that you want to talk about no i'm like so uh offensively behind on stuff <laughs> you don't have um, to be offended it's not a it's it, not offensive. No, it, it's it's egregious at least um let me actually let me pull up my my playlist it has uh not been updated much uh but let me look through what i do have in here um so Oh, the new uh, Enforced album. I liked that. Yeah. 
That there's was cool. Enforced and Enforcer both came out with a new album. I haven't totally listened to the bands. Enforcer one, but the Enforced one is cool. I like it. Yeah. Very uh, old school thrashy speed metal stuff. Good. Death, yeah, um, Death Thrash. Uh, Blood Ceremony has a new album out. Uh, I put it on, but it didn't grab a hold of me. Uh, I mm. really like Blood Ceremony. Uh, they're another one of these uh, throwback bands. If you don't know about them, uh, they have the more a f- occultish, right? They're yeah, more occult. They have a flautist. They're, the lead singer also <laughs> plays flute, and they oh, I thought you like they had some guy in the band that just made flautas. No, <laughs> that, <they laughs> that's should. a good guy to have in your band. It's like Snoop Dogg uh, having the guy just roll joints. <laughs> that's an important. That's important work. It um, is. It's, that's the Lord's work right there. There was one album that came out earlier this year that uh, I'm surprised at how much I've enjoyed. Um, a band called Born Through Fire. Oh, I have never heard that. Purify and Refine is the album. And uh, I almost didn't check it out because the name, the art, and to a certain extent, the sound has... There's a lot of like metalcore... Um, Mm-hmm. signaling going on Looking here. Looking at it right now. And so I almost passed it because of that, because uh, I'm, I'm not much on your metalcore and metalcore adjacent stuff. But occasionally there are bands that do it in a way that I like, and I feel like this is a band that was influenced by metalcore and is making something different. With what it. if it features um, the singer from As I Lay Dying? Does it? Yeah. And it has the... Uh, and Tim, the other wait, singer, Tim Lambesis is in this band. Yeah, he's the singer, and Joey Alcron is the guitarist from Wolves at the Gate. Okay, that, he is correct. I did it not know the, that Tim Lambesis was involved in this. And the so vocalist that, from Austrian Death Machine, the guy who supposedly paid somebody to kill his wife or something. Not supposedly, supposedly. he was convicted and went to prison for it. That's right. Oh, he shit. Was. Did he really? Oh, yes, yeah. he did. That's right. You're correct. Does this make you uh, have any different thoughts it gives, about this album? It ge- yeah, it gives me pause. It, I, yeah. I will admit. Um, yeah. But was the music okay? Yeah, it's uh, it's surprisingly complex and in a way that is uh, melodic and tasteful and not just wankery for the, its own sake. Uh, it's, it's wankery. <laughs> it's, it's good. I have a couple. I, I know we've I've talked about these on MSR Cast, but um, the the new Fires in the Distance album, it's it's so damn good. It's uh, Death Doom to like the highest degree possible. Everything about this album, I just um, ordered from their Bandcamp like on Bandcamp Friday, and the vinyl just came this week. It's beautiful. Um, these guys are they're they're from America, which is weird to have that. That finish, like just depressing, deep death doom style. A lot of like keyboard or like piano flourishes in the songs. I can't recommend them enough. And another band that I'm really digging is Shores of Null. Okay. The album is called The Loss of Beauty. Uh, oh my god, this album is so damn good. It's depressive death doom, but mixed with like style of like Alice in Chains yet again I can still hear you guys 
You don't it's hear a me? great freeze frame on his face, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I want to check out Born Through Fire. I mean... Do you have a song that you recommend? Um... Walk Through the Fire. That one's pretty good. Walk Through the Fire. So there's only two dudes in the band. Who plays the drums? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I've, I've just listened to this. Um, like, I, I didn't know Tim Lambesis was involved. So... Okay, can you hear me again? Hi, welcome back. Hello, what the fuck? I heard y'all say, we've lost him, and then you were still moving, and I'm like, waving, and then all of a sudden it stopped again. Okay, let's <laughs> let's break, let's finish it up. So, yeah, Shores of Null, it's really, really well done. Addictive. So addictive. It's like Alice in Chains meets like typo negative, meets like, you know, really good Death Doom. I, I fucking love this album. That's my recommendation. Please I have an out. album recommendation that I've been listening to while I've been working lately. What's that? It is this album called The Rights of Percussion. Have either one of you heard of it? Is that mm-hmm. Dave Lombardo? It is Dave Lombardo. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard it yet, actually. It's really good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, guy, I mean, the guy's the drummer from Slayer, so... That's one of the reasons I think he left Testament is to uh, do the solo album. Yeah, it's a pretty... And, and all the Mr. Pretty, Bungle shit. It's a pretty fun album. I, I, I enjoyed it. I've listened to it like three times. It's a lot of fun to listen to, especially while I'm working. I, I I've heard, zone, I I've heard zone one out. track before. Yeah. There's a lot of good tracks on the album, I think. Um, and then there was another thing I wanted to bring up to Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. Since you do have a hurdy gurdy, right? I do. Do you, do you uh, play it often? You think I haven't played it in a long time. Uh, I'm I I need to. Um, I'm not good at it yet. I I need to okay. spend some time uh, practicing. There's this artist uh, who makes music exclusively with his hurdy gurdy. Uh, his name is Andre Vinogradov. Gradov. Vinogradov, huh? Okay. Vinogradov. Good of a f- he's a he's a Russian dude, I think. What about what about Patty Gertie? Patty Gertie's pretty good. Anyway, he has a song called uh, "Reverse Dance." Uh, it's great. I really like it. Uh, I think if you uh, check it out, I will put it in our chat for you guys to check it out. Um, oh, I think I've seen this guy's videos before, or at least oh, he has. Vi- I've I've never seen his videos. I just kind of came across it on uh, Spotify, and it's pretty awesome oh yeah i've i know this i know this track yeah it's pretty great it and is. his other songs are pretty great too i'll put it on the the chat so you guys can check it out uh i'm sorry for butchering the name for the listeners <laughs> uh but his last name is spelled v-i-n-o-g-r-a-d-o-v andre uh, vinogradov Vinogradov. It, sound, it sounds more like like Ukrainian or something. I'm that, not sure. That Eastern European block. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. He, there's not a lot of details on his on his page. You've heard uh, the band El Yvette, right? 
Can't say that I have. They feature prominently Hurdy Gurdy in their music. Oh, cool. You might you might enjoy that. Anyway, uh, it's pretty neat. Um, I, I think posted. A, I put a link in the chat. Um, that's the video for Reverse Dance. It's it's just a shot of him playing it. Is all it is. But it's really it. Nice. It's that's for amazing. me. It's fun to watch. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, Maybe it will be some inspiration for you to pick it up and make. This some was stuff actually one of the videos that inspired me to want to get one anyway. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. So, say I was on the wavelength, man. I just yeah. didn't know you were already there. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't remember the guy's name, but I've absolutely heard this song and seen this video before. So cool. Yeah, you should check out his album. He has an album out. I, I've listened to it. Well, I'll probably all the way through. It's called Distant Calls. It's and uh, what we'll do, we'll post the video in the, or George will, will post it in the Metal Geek Society group on Facebook. So come check it out there. I'm looking forward to that. I love the hurdy gurdy. It's a weird, strange mm-hmm. instrument. Yeah. But it's cool when they when people can do it right and mix it in the metal. It sounds so cool. Um, oh, let's move on uh, to what's tickling our geek. I do have one other thing, and then we can wrap up this episode because I know we're having a lot of uh, technical issues. That you might not know if I do my editing right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you don't say anything, they won't know, right? we got to be transparent. You know what I mean. Uh, I'm looking forward to an album that's coming out this Friday, this coming week. It's Aryan Lukinson's Supersonic Revolution. It's a, a side project band that he's put together. Lo and behold, it's all based on like 70s prog type of stuff but they put a band together so it's one vocalist it's just a band uh and they put a few songs here and there i didn't want to listen to much of it until i hear the full album but it comes out this friday and i'm looking forward to it cool what about you guys um i don't have a, a date for mine yet uh but it was an announcement that was made within the last couple of weeks that uh city skylines 2 will be coming oh. soon really yeah so they've actually uh here i guess next week uh next week will they're releasing what will what will be the last dlc for city skylines very cool um so and if for those who don't know there is extensive dlc for city skylines <laughs> there is uh, I've looked like at, if go look at the wanted, page. If you hadn't played before and wanted to like go all in and get the base game and all the bundles and you can just have everything, you're looking at several hundreds of dollars of uh, in, investing. Uh, there are a lot of DLCs for it. So this one coming up is going to be the last one. And I think later this year, but they haven't actually said, uh, haven't put a date on it, but City Skylines 2 is coming. I'm excited about that. Um one of the things that I really like about the game uh, and the developer is that from the outset, uh, like City Skylines out of the box on release was community ready. It was ready to be modded, and that was it's built into the game that it's moddable. And so the community has basically perfected the game. <laughs> the community over time, uh, not just added assets like they don't just add buildings and models and stuff that you can put in they've actually changed the user interface they've changed how uh the tools work they've added new tools they've added new functionality to the game and my i'm kind of my thought is it seemed like the developers 
left that open for the community, and the community has now pre-designed City Skylines too. Is my guess wow. <laughs> is that my guess is they're going to take a lot of the best mods, the most well-received features that the community has built around the game, and implement them into the game as uh, like a core feature. Uh, so. I think it's it's going to look great, I'm sure. I, I hope it's going to play well. There's no footage of it yet. It's There's an announcement trailer, mm. that, but it, it's all cinematic. Uh, there's, so of course. I don't have anything of the game itself that I can look at yet, but I'm still excited about it. So, What about you, George? Um, I don't really have anything uh, like coming up that I'm like super excited, except for us being live at Comic Palooza. I'm wait, what? What? what when's that happening? That's happening on Sunday, far as I know. And Sunday, May twenty eighth. Yeah, next 2, weekend 2 in Houston, Texas. For the people who are not in Texas who listen to our show, for the That's two right. people who don't, we'll probably here. we'll definitely be recording it and, and releasing it as a future episode. So if yeah, if, if, if we're nice enough, if we're nice enough, if you stump us enough in the trivia, yeah, so, I, I, I'm also supposed to be in a Star Wars panel. You I are think. in a Star Wars panel. I booked uh, you in that. There you go. Because so there's I don't, a bunch I don't, of Star Wars podcasters, and I wanted somebody with maybe a differing opinion in there. <laughs> oh, so you want someone to piss everybody off is basically why you <laughs> no, sent me in no. there. <laughs> um, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I could be the bad guy. I'll I, go wanted you to, I wanted you to represent us because I don't have time to do it, unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, come check us out at Comicpalooza, uh, comicpalooza.com. You can check out all the information. There's a podcast page there. You can look at the schedule with all the other shows that are part of the podcast program. Looking forward to it. Um, let's just wrap it up because we're having a lot of issues unfortunately uh, you can check us out on the internet at metalgeeks.net any place where you download your podcast uh, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and all those kind of cool places check out both of our shows MSRcast and at Metal Geeks and um, yeah you're going to be doing another live show at, at Comic Closer 2 with your other podcast right? Uh, if I am, this is the first I've heard of it. <laughs> the mind, you're not doing, you're doing Mind Fudge Live. I'm sorry to tell you that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. No yeah. one's told me. Oh, well, I would get with your partner on that one, buddy. Yeah, well, no one's, no one sent a message or anything like that to me. But yeah, sure. I'll be there. All right. Why not? More you can see to be clueless come, about. Come take a picture. Come hang out with. Come meet us. We all have long hair right now, sort of. No, we're never going to compete with Dave, but we're working on it. <laughs> I don't know. George I'm, is George uh, is he's on his way. Look yeah, at me. I, I'm on my way too. Mine's more my, curlier than you, but I got the Jesus cut going on. You do. Um, okay, where else? Oh yeah, all of our social medias at Metal Geeks and our sister show at MSRcast and Metal Geek Society, of course. Check us out on the Facebook group there. What about you guys? Uh, at at Red Viking Dave on you know the social media things that I'm never on. So you can follow me there and uh, be really excited on the rare occasion. I post anything. <laughs> <laughs> he might respond to you and it's like, it's like getting a, a, a message from Jesus. Actually. I'm, I'm here, my son. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, what about you, sir? Uh, you could uh, find me on uh, the social medias at George Tripsis, but more easier probably on the Metal Geek Society page. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will hopefully see some of you people at Comic Palooza next weekend. And uh, if not, we'll see you on the next episode.
All right. Uh, one last thing I guess we always have to say is... Keep it metal. And keep it Guardians of the Galaxy E. I was going to say keep it brain fart because we can't remember shit this episode. Or, or keep it gunny. Keep it gunny for sure. Keep right, it guys. James Gunny. Keep Hopefully he doesn't fu- don't fuck up Superman. Oh, well, they've already done that, so he can't unfuck <laughs> it up. He can't make it worse. Can't make it worse. All right, guys. See you on the next time. Bye. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.